0: If you have your Bibles, please open to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. Again, as Blair mentioned in your bulletin, it says that Daryl will be preaching, Lord willing, he'll be with you next Sunday, as I'll be recovering from shoulder surgery. He will be bringing that sermon next Sunday on Son of Man, so uh, looking forward to that. But today, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. If you recall, last week we read verses 8 through 14. Today, we're going to read verses 8 through 20 and focus our, the main portion of the sermon on verses 15 through 20. So if you are able, I ask you to stand and honor the reading of God's holy word. This is Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Hear now the written word of the living God. For unto you was born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Then suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, as we approach this text from your gospel in Luke chapter 2. Teach us concerning yourself. Mold us and shape us where we need to be changed. Maybe there's someone here who has never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, who've never trusted you as Savior. Lord, work in their hearts today that they might see and know Christ. For believers today, we are going to see that there is an amazing challenge from this text. A challenge of how we should celebrate christmas help us to not only hear it but to respond to it to be doers of your word in jesus name we pray amen please be seated let me begin with a question for all of us today this week how are you going to celebrate Christmas? How are you going to celebrate Christmas? You know, I think many of us, including myself, we have a lot of things planned. Many of us are going to visit with family and friends. In fact, I know some members of Redeemer who are already doing that today. They're elsewhere. Maybe you have some of your family and friends with you here today in this congregation It's this is a time many people share time with family and friends. How about have you planned a meal or meals this week? Boy Deirdre went to Sam's club yesterday with everybody else in Matthew's. But man, I was helping her unload the traverse when she came home. And man, we're gonna have some good food this week. Lord Willing at the Mum Power House, excited about that. Maybe you're gonna do the same. Maybe you're going to gather around a Christmas tree and give gifts and receive gifts. We certainly plan to do that. Maybe you plan to read the Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke, from the Gospel of Matthew with your family. You know, all of those things, they're great things, they're wonderful things. We can't wait to do these things. But as we listen to this text today... This text, I believe, is going to challenge us to do more than just that. Today we're reading what happened on that very first Christmas day. And as Luke teaches us here about the shepherds and the angels, about Mary and Joseph, we really find that the Scriptures are teaching us how to celebrate Christmas. So we're going to examine this text today, again, primarily looking at verses 15 through 20. And as we do that, I think we're going to find the Scriptures challenging us with at least four distinct ways to celebrate Christmas this year in 2018. And here's the four ways I believe this text challenges all of us as believers to celebrate Christmas. The first thing this text is going to do is to challenge us to spread the word. To spread the word concerning what Jesus Christ has done. Secondly, it's going to challenge us to be amazed. To stand in awe and wonder of God. Thirdly, it's going to cause us to ponder. We see that Mary pondered these things in her heart, she molded them over. She thought them over. But finally, it's going to cause us to glorify God. So those four points, I think the scriptures are challenges, challenging us today. This is the way we should celebrate Christmas. We'll find all four points in the text. First of all, the text challenges us to spread the word. Look at verse 17. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. We remember the story of the shepherds. You know, that night in Bethlehem, the shepherds were doing what they always do. They were watching the flock. They were tending the sheep. That was their function. That was their job. They were shepherds. But that particular night, the Bible says God had an announcement for them. And it was an announcement that would not only change their lives, but every life of every person living around the entire world. God wanted to let them know that he was sending his son, our Lord Jesus Christ, from heaven to earth. And the angel told these shepherds that this was going to happen right over in Bethlehem. So the Bible tells us that they hurried off to Bethlehem to see what God was doing. And when they got there, what did they find? The text is very clear. They saw Mary, they saw Joseph, and they saw the baby lying in a manger. But this text says that not only did they see baby Jesus, but they went further than that. They told others what God had told them about Jesus. Simply put, they spread the word about this baby, the Lord Jesus Christ, to other people. Look at verse 17 again. And when they saw it, what did they do? What did they do? They made it known. They made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child can you imagine the story these shepherds were sharing with other people imagine that scene they 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 were able to tell other people that listen we were shepherding our flock watching over our sheep and then an angel appeared and addressed us and the angel told us about this child a savior who is christ The Lord and the angel gave us very specific instructions. He said, go to Bethlehem and you'll find the baby there wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And then can you imagine the part of the story when they told about this mass of heavenly host that appeared this army of angels that are singing and declaring the glory of God right in front of them that day in Bethlehem. In fact, they loved this story so much, they were so excited about this story, the text says they couldn't stay quiet. They had to spread the word. They wanted everyone to know what God was doing in the personal work of Jesus Christ. Now, when we transition to ourselves, we know that just like those shepherds, we have been called to spread the word. We as Christians have been called to tell other people about the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember Matthew chapter 5, when Jesus is talking to believers, he says that believers, he says, you are the light of the world. And a light shouldn't be hidden. I remember my children's church days, right? it under a bush. Oh, no. I'm going to let it shine. That we have the light of Christ in our lives, we can't hide it just for ourselves. We have to shine that light. We have to tell other people about Christ. When Paul writes the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 16, he says to them, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed. And I'm going to tell you about Jesus Christ because it's the power of God to all that believe. Peter says it this way, be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks you the reason of the hope that's within you. Jesus tells us in the great commission, go and make disciples, teaching them about me, Jesus says. And in Acts chapter one, verse eight, he says, start in Jerusalem, go to Judea, then to Samaria, and then go to the ends of the earth. You see, what we see is that we are called by Jesus Christ to do what those shepherds did, and that's to spread the word, to make it known. But let me tell you what's even more fascinating than that. You see, that night in Bethlehem, the shepherds knew just a little bit. They knew that there was going to be Mary and Joseph and a baby lying in a manger. And they couldn't wait just to share that. We know a lot more. (laughs) those shepherds dead that night don't we because not only do we know about the birth of Jesus we know about his life his miracles his healings his compassion his love we know that Jesus decided to set his face towards Jerusalem and to go and die on a cross not simply to be a moral example or a good person But to die for our sins, we know that. We know that when he was on the cross, he was separated from his father. Our sin was put upon him and that he died. He literally died separated from God. We know he continued under the power of death for three days, but on that third day, he rose again, defeating our sin, defeating hell and the grave. We know that he ascended up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. We know that He sent His Holy Spirit to take what He had done and apply it to our lives to bring us the forgiveness of sins, to be justified by grace through faith in Him. We know that He's adopted us as His children. We know that He promised to return one day to gather those who were His to be with Him forever in heaven. We have so much to tell. We have so much good news to share And just as those shepherds couldn't wait to spread the word, this Christmas season, our challenge from this text is to go spread the word. Spread the word concerning Jesus Christ. Be a witness wherever you are. So let's bring it home. This week, I'm going to say that you're going to be around some people who might not know Jesus Christ. And you know who I'm talking about. Maybe it's that brother or sister, that aunt or uncle. That mom or dad, maybe it's that distant relative. Maybe it's a coworker. They need to hear it. They need to have the word spread to them so that they can hear the good news. This same news those shepherds were telling so many years ago. Beloved, those shepherds could not be silent and we can't be silent either. So let's spread the word. Secondly, this text challenges us to be amazed. Look at verse 18. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. This word wondered can be translated amazed. Or to be in awe of. And this text says that everyone wondered or was amazed because the gospel of Jesus Christ is just that. It's amazing. It's amazing. Think about back in Matthew. You remember when Mary finds out that she's going to have a child? What did she say? How can these things be? I mean, she was amazed. She wondered about what God was doing. Think about those shepherds that had just heard from the angels. They had the visit from the angel, they heard the announcement, they saw the singing of the heavenly hosts. They, they were amazed at what God was doing. But yet again, we find ourselves knowing, even understanding more of the message. And that should amaze us as well. I'm going to give you several things, I think, that we can be amazed by this Christmas season. What should amaze us? I think, first of all, what should amaze us is the fact that God loves us. That's an amazing thing. Because when we read the Bible, the Bible doesn't say a lot of great things about our depravity. In fact, in Jeremiah, when you read Jeremiah, it says that our heart is deceitful above all things. Isaiah says our best efforts are like filthy rags. The Apostle Paul says that we're depraved, fallen, broken, and sinful, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. But within that context, within our depravity and our broken nature, Paul adds this in Romans 5.8, that God demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. That's amazing. We've been going through a series on Psalms here The past few months, we're going to continue it after our Advent series. But a few months ago, we looked at Psalm 139. You remember that Psalm? It talked about the omniscience, the omnipresence of God. It says that God knows everything about us, what time we get up, what time we go to bed. He knows what we're going to say even before we say it. Isn't it amazing that God knows everything about us? He knows our depravity. He knows our brokenness. Yet, He still loves us. Isn't it amazing that God knows us, yet He loves us? Be amazed at the love of God. Secondly, be amazed that God became man. The Bible says the Lord Jesus Christ, who was fully God, without ceasing to be God, Crossed the boundary from heaven to earth and robed himself in our flesh and our blood and he became a man as we have mentioned already to die on the cross for our sins we should ask this question why wasn't I on the cross I'm the one who deserved the punishment yet Jesus took it for me god made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of god christ was their propitiation through the fact that he was divine and human all god's wrath was poured out upon him and christ quenched the wrath of god satisfied divine justice forever indeed that is amazing I think we should also be amazed as Christians that God brought us to faith in Jesus Christ. I'm 41 years old, but a couple weeks ago, I had my 35th birthday. You see, on December the 6th, 1983, as a six-year-old child, God gripped my heart under the preaching of his word at my church. That night, I I knew I was convicted of my sin. I knew I needed Christ. That night... I came to know the Lord Jesus by grace through faith. And I praise God for that. And I'm amazed at the fact that he would do that for me. The fact that God would love me so much to usher me into his family by grace through faith. If you're a believer, be amazed at the faith he has given you. Finally, be amazed that you are a child of God, secure in his love. You see, not only does the Bible say that we're saved from our sins, but we're actually grafted into a new family, the family of God. We're sons and daughters of the king. We have all rights, benefits, and privileges of being a child of God. And that God loves us like his children. If you ask him for bread, he's not going to give you a stone. He loves his children. He desires to give good gifts to his children. Be amazed that you're his child. Third, this text challenges all of us to ponder. Look at verse 19. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. You see, at this point, we're diving deeper. This text goes from amazement to pondering. And pondering is like amazement, but it goes further. It goes deeper under the surface. To, to ponder means to think over, to mull over, to, to, to dwell on with your heart, your mind, and your will. And to do that involves time. This is not something that you just do in like one second and you're done. It, it takes time to think over, to dwell on, to ponder something. And the Bible tells us here that Mary treasured up. She had all these things that she had treasured up in her heart, and now she's pondering them. She's thinking them over, dwelling on them. Ladies, think about the things Mary had treasured up and is now pondering. She's probably pondering, again, that original visit from the angel, pondering that question she asked, how can this be? And now she sees the reality of that promise. She's pondering maybe the angel's visit to Joseph, who had not known Mary, yet Joseph chose to stay with Mary because God had told him what was going on that she had carried this child for months. She's pondering the testimony of Elizabeth who came and the baby leapt in Elizabeth's womb because the baby was in the presence of the Lord. And now she's pondering the visit of these shepherds who had just told them about this heavenly host that they saw in the fields while they were minding their own business. She had treasured up all these things in her heart, and now she's dwelling, thinking on them with her heart, her mind, and her will. (coughs) Excuse me. This week, this text is challenging us to ponder the things of God. That means we've got to stop, we've got to take time, we've got to mull over, we've got to dwell on some amazing things that God has given us to think about. What are some things to ponder this Christmas week? Let me again start with the love of God. We should be amazed by his love, yet we should also ponder his love. Paul pondered the love of God. In fact, in Ephesians, he said, how high, how wide, how deep is the love of God? Paul pondered the love of God in Romans 9. He says nothing can separate you from the love of God. Not height, not depth, not created things, not nakedness, not famine, not not sword. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ponder that. Ponder God's power. The fact that he can make all things out of nothing by the word of his power in the space of six days and all very good. Ponder his wisdom. Three weeks ago, I think it was, we looked at the Isaiah passage, a wonderful counselor. Do you remember the translation there? Great strategist. That God is a great strategist. He figures out things that we could never figure out on our own. And that's exactly what he did in our salvation and sending his son. Ponder his mercy. In His grace. How do we define those? We'll start with grace. Grace is receiving what you don't deserve. Mercy is not receiving what you do deserve. Grace. We receive forgiveness. We receive heaven. But do we deserve it? absolutely not mercy we deserve God's wrath we deserve an eternity in hell but do we receive it no we don't it's because we have God's grace and his mercy I challenge you think over mull over dwell as Mary did store these things up in your heart ponder them with your heart your mind your will this week. And then fourth and finally, glorify God. Look at verse 20. And the shepherds returned. What did they do? Glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. I want you to pay attention to that last phrase, as it had been told them. I remember in kindergarten playing a game called telephone. You ever played telephone? You line up all the kids, maybe in a a row or in a circle, and the kids sit right beside each other, and the teacher, maybe on this side, whispers something into this child's ear. And this child can't say it loud. He or she has to whisper it into the ear of the next person, and whisper it into the ear of the next person. And And what they try to do is, what they started with, they want to finish with. And it goes all the way through each child, and it gets to the end. And you ask the, ask the last child, okay, what was the saying that you heard in your ear? And never, ever in playing this, this game did what come out at the end match what started at the beginning. Has anyone ever had victory in that game? Anybody? <laughs> in other words... It was told to this child, or what was told to this child is not what came out of the last child's mouth. It was not as it had been told. There was something different. We don't like that in life, do we? We don't like it when you hear one thing but you get another. Look at this text. This text says that they praised God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. In other words, what God told them, exactly what he told them about what they were going to find in Bethlehem with Mary and Joseph and a baby laying in a manger, that's exactly what they found. There was no discrepancy, there was no debate. It was exactly what they had been told. What's amazing about the word of God, all 66 books of the Bible is that they consent in all the parts. That everything that you read about years before Jesus Christ, in the law, in the prophets, in the Psalms, in the Old Testament, that when you finally get to Jesus Christ, the Bible says it matches perfectly. It's just as it had been told. Think about it. In the Garden of Eden, Adam was given a promise from God. Adam and Eve were. They were told by God that the seed of woman will come and crush the head of the serpent. Well, what happened? That's exactly what happened. Christ, born of woman, came and crushed the head of Satan. Abraham was told, through you, Abraham, in your seed, all nations of the earth will be blessed. That was on this side of the line. Well, when you get to Jesus, you find that's exactly what happened. You open up Matthew, and it says, Abraham had this person, had this person, had David, had this person, had this person that resulted in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the promised child which all nations, every tribe, tongue, and nation will be blessed. Moses was given the priest and the sacrifice. Jesus came and fulfilled both of those perfectly. He was the high priest who offered his own blood as a sacrifice. David was told, there's going to be a king who sits forever on your throne that's going to come from your line. Who was that king? It was Jesus. His father, David, the Bible says, will sit on the throne forever. His kingdom will never end. Do we realize that people like Ezekiel and Isaiah and Micah and Malachi, all of these prophets were given promises about Jesus Christ, the one to come. And Jesus comes, and it's just as all those men had been told. It matched perfectly. And the shepherds see this. It matched exactly what they were told. And what was their response? Glory to God. God, I praise you for putting this miraculous plan together. Because it was just as as you had told us it would be. Therefore, I glorify you. Beloved, this Christmas week, I ask you again this question, how will you celebrate Christmas? Hear this passage, and I encourage you, this text encourages us, it challenges us to do four things. First of all, spread the word of God this week. The shepherds couldn't be silent, and we know way more than they do. Spread the word concerning Jesus Christ in your family, with your friends. Secondly, be amazed. Be in wonder of what God has done in the person of Christ. And then take time to ponder these things. Mull it over in your heart. Treasure it up in your heart as Mary did. And then recognize that everything that you've been told is as God said it would be. It meets his plan perfectly and praise and glorify God for what he has done this Christmas season. Pray with me, please.